This is Hard Parking, brought to you by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning. Happy Mother's Day to those of you who listen. Males pulling double duty. Uh, and if I have any regular female listeners, I don't know if I do, other than Rebecca. I never know if she's up to date or if she's behind. I know she used to listen to the show pretty religiously as she walked her dog. Uh, we worked together for a long time. Really good friend of mine. So yeah, Rebecca, happy Mother's Day to you. Notice on Facebook, there's a lot of people who, not only was it Mother's Day, but it was also their birthday. So I sent out quite a few happy birthday, happy Mother's Day type of deal. You know, I when it comes to posting on social media, happy Mother's Day, because it's such a different culture now and anyone can be a mother. You know, there's there's all these cool gifs. And it is GIF, by the way, not GIF. Heard an interview once years ago where they had the inventor of the GIF, and he said, it is GIF, like the peanut butter. It's not GIF, like gift me something. But people still say it, whatever. People say GIF, people say GIF. But a lot of these GIFs, you know, it's got a woman. Like one of them I was going to pick, and she's like pushing one kid away and then pushing the other kid away. But then I realized... Well, I didn't really realize, but I mean, there's there's men out there playing the role of mom because maybe the mother left or maybe she passed away. And we're talking like man's man, not a man that is a woman or a woman who's transgendered over to a man. So when I'm posting this, I found a duck, a duck lifting up flowers. And that's what I used. And I always say the same thing, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and the dads doing double duty. Or when it's Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there or the mothers pulling double duty. So we had a good time, had people come over, uh, pool party, my daughter's boyfriend's parents and some of his relatives came over. I, don't, I, I never know what to to call him, you know. I never know what to call Mario because my daughter's baby's daddy, because that's what he is. Super cool guy, super talented guy, artistic, uh, a tattoo artist, actually. But his family came over. We had a good time. I had some friends come over. I had Will and Liz and their daughter, uh, Emerson, came over. And I told him, we're sitting there eating the, the delicious food. And I go, you guys are here for me. He nodded in agreement. He goes, yeah, I'm hearing the music outside, all these people. I don't know how many of these people you know. No one's really talking English. It was a Spanish, Spanish family, Spanish, you know, Mario's family, Spanish. And I go, yep, you guys are here. You guys are here for me. So that was cool. It's funny. We laugh about it. Got in the pool, whatnot. Did some projects. So hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Coming up on today's show, some car news. Got some things to talk about. GM has decided to get rid of Apple. CarPlay, and Android Auto in some vehicles moving forward, and that's caused quite a stir. Some other car news, and Ira Leventhal, friend of mine, big-time Honda Acura aficionado, he joins to talk about his Honda Pilot, his Ridgeline, and we talk about the Integra Type S. How is it priced? There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. I thought about doing one of these videos, but I'm always late to the party. And at this point, with this thing being announced like a week, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, there's so many videos out there where people are giving their opinions. But it's good to have Ira, another mature, 
somebody who's driven the car, someone who's had the cars in the past, someone who is a Honda, an Acura aficionado. I wouldn't call him a fanboy. People call me fanboy. I'm not. I like what I like. And I don't like what I don't like. And he's the same. So all that and more after this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here. And I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Your truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4WheelOnline or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4WheelOnline, the number 4 wheel online. He is Ira Leventhal. Welcome to the podcast, man. You you recently bought a pilot. I haven't, I, I still haven't got to write Honda. Every time we have something scheduled, it weirdly it either rains or Joe has something or I can't get out there and it just gets rescheduled. And I don't know at this point if I'm ever going to get out there to see the pilot that is no longer that new anymore because they've been out for what, six months. So, but you have one, you did a video and I watched your video. We're going to talk about your YouTube page here shortly. Welcome. Thanks, Jay. Yes, uh, I do have a pilot, and oddly enough, it uh, seems like they don't stay in stock very often up here. So if you have them down there, go go check it out. So we have, we'll get just the regular ones, but we don't, they don't ever get the, the one you have, they don't have. And they had the one that's just below that with some of the options of yours, but not everything. But even then, I just, I just can't get up there. It's like 40 minutes away. So why? Tell, tell us about it. Why do you have it? Yeah, it's interesting with the amount of trims that, that Honda came out with, right? So you have the Trail Sport, which has a lot of the Elite features, but that's tiered down below the Elite, below the Touring, into its own kind of subcategory. And I got that because I actually use my Honda to go off-roading. And that, that model and that trim had everything factory that I did to the Ridgeline, but from Honda. So it's lifted. It has skid plates. Um, it has upgrades to the transmission. It has all the niceties like a panoramic sunroof and mm -hmm. just a lot of upgrades. I mean, I was in I was in a Ridgeline for six years. Granted, I was in three different Ridgelines over six years, but I wanted to change up my platform. So that's why I went to the pilot. Does Ira have commitment issues? It's a good question. I think everyone that knows me would probably say yes. Let me ask you this. So with this new pilot, because again, people can go watch and get the, the super detailed video of all the features um, and you playing with all these buttons, but specifically your second row seat, is that, yeah. those are captain's chairs, right? Not correct? Yeah, they are. Is Unfortunately. It so it's not even an option to have the bench seat, right? I think that in previous years, maybe. Well, even in, even in the current gen, it's it is optional, and most of them come with the bench seat. The Trail Sport oh, does see. not. Okay. The Trail Sport doesn't because it has a spare wheel and tire. That's a full size spare and full size all terrain tire. So it's a lot of weight added. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you're out in the backcountry and you have a flat, you need something like that to be able to get back home to offset some of the weight. They took out that middle seat, which. Yeah, in my case, I wish I had it because that's where I want to put the dogs, and it makes it really hard. Dogs, yeah, makes it really hard not to have a bench seat right there. But 
Yeah, most of them come with the bench and you can remove that middle seat and it actually stores in the trunk. I think the, so we have an MDX. I think it does something crazy yeah. like that too. Kind of like folds down and rotates, rotates back or something. Now I thought at some point you had an MDX or, or no, you've just had the Ridgeline. No, I, I have never owned an SUV. So this was a, a first for me, which also was why I was kind of excited to switch things up. Hold on. So you don't consider, what do you, so the Ridgeline is a truck. It's like a truck SUV. But it, no, it's, it's like a truck. But it's kind of funny though, because an SUV is sport utility vehicle, <laughs> right? Which could be a truck. Uh -huh. It's it's like that weird hierarchy where it could be one or the other, but in some, depending on the way you look at it, it's not both things. So you have the Ridgeline truck and then now you have this thing. Yeah, I won't get too technical on you, but in the world of insurance, a truck sure. and an SUV are all considered a truck. They're all one. So, yeah, they are kind of the same. Well, it's like the old the DC2 Integra. You know, it's like a, almost like a wagon, station wagon insurance instead of a sports car because it's got the, the hatch in the back or something. The hatch, yeah, yeah. Something crazy like that. So you also have an NSX. I do. It's a 17. It is a 17, yep. Novell Blue. On saddle interior. What's the last vehicle you had that wasn't a Honda or an Acura? I have never owned anything but. Why is that? Because I'm brand loyal, Jay. No, my first car was a was an Integra, and I fell in love with it. It was fun. It was nimble. Um, it looked pretty cool. And from that point forward, it just kind of fell in line that everything that I was interested in was one or the other. Are you leasing your pilot? No, none of my cars are leases right now. But yeah, you're still going through them like every couple of years. Do you plan on keeping this thing for a while or you don't know? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's funny. So I was talking to one of my dealer friends mm -hmm. and because, you know, obviously I go through cars fairly frequently considering, you know, I guess what most people um, would think of as an average ownership timeline. But I said, you know, when I start putting PPF on a vehicle, it's staying. And all of my cars right now are PPFs. They're they're not leases. They're either financed or owned and on set. So this year was a big year because typically I'll buy a new vehicle on my birthday every March. And this year I bought two. <laughs> <laughs> so so how many yeah. vehicles does Ira Leventhal have? Total, I've had thirty. How many do you have now? Three. What's the third one again? Is it an RSX? I wish you were looking for an RSX for a while. It's a, Oh, it's an yeah. Integra, right? It's a DC two. No, I have the, uh, long beach blue TLX. Type oh S. my God. That's yeah. right. Didn't you have like a small project car? Did you dump it in the last couple of years? You had something that you, I restored it. That project car was fine because I originally owned that car and then I gave it to a buddy and he just stopped driving it and it uh. went into like the abyss. And he called me one day and said, Hey, I'm going to send this thing to the junkyard. Do you want it? It doesn't what? run. It has, hasn't ran and I took it and then you brought it back to life and then you turned around and sold it. Yeah. I, I gave it a new lease on life is yeah. what I did. And it's funny cause the guy that bought it off of bringing trailer resold it mm. again and it went for even more money. Um, the second time. So it was kind of fun to see it just continuing to carry on its life. Outside of the Ridgeline and the pilot, as far as cars, vehicle, goes have you what other hondas have you had i'm going somewhere with this <laughs> uh what other hondas have i had 
primarily Civic SIs. Um, I had a 2018 Accord mm. Sport 2.0 turbo manual, which was fun. Which Civic SI did you have? Like the 99, 2000? Yeah, I had that in Electron Blue Pearl. Oh, um, boy. But uh, what really started all the all the Honda geekiness and, and passion was I had a 2008 Honda S2000CR mm. in Apex Blue Pearl. And that was really what started all the passion. Um, so it was also my first new car I ever had bought. Bought it on school loans, which was always a great investment. But yeah, the favorite has to be the CR. But yeah, like the SIs, I've had like five. I love them. I've never driven on S2000. Really? Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, surprising. I'm around them a lot, but I've never driven them. So what are your thoughts on the Civic Type R, the FL5, which is the current generation, and then we'll move from that to this Integra Type S that's all the buzz with the pricing and everything? (laughs) A buddy of mine has an FK8. I think it looks great. The FL5, I mean, obviously, visually, it's a little more refined, Mm -hmm. um, a little more subdued. I've never driven one. One thing that I noticed in in looking at the Integra Type S, though, was with the FL5, like it's wider than a Civic, but you don't know it's wider than a Civic until you see them next to each other because mm-hmm. the, you know, they're molded, right? right? The bumpers are molded and everything. But when you look at the Integra Type S and you see the fender flares and you see how low it sits and how square, like that, you can tell that thing looks way different than a base Integra. It's kind of like half molded on. But you're right. The thing looks fat as hell, especially when people put suspension on it. Yeah. What, what were your thoughts when the Integra came out? And then what are your thoughts on the Type S? It was, I mean, I, I think that when the Integra came out, it was fine. I don't think anything wowed anybody with it except that the name came back. And then obviously having driven one, they're fun. They're sporty, right? It reminds me of a Civic SI, but just in a different form factor mm-hmm. and probably a more usable form factor than what the SIs were and are right now. Um, I mean, the Integra Type S, it just looks fun. Like, it puts a smile on my face thinking about it, having seen it in person, sat in it. Like, it brings back a lot of some of my excitement from Honda and Acura because it has, like, little touch points that remind me of cars that I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's the fun part. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it looks great. It's, I've, I've made it known on here before. Um, I'm not in the market for one. If I had 50, 60 grand to spend, I would not, I still wouldn't be in the market for one. But I, I, I'm starting to see more just regular integrators on the road. Yeah. My neighbor who actually has a, a yellow NC1 has a black A spec. And, oh. you know, he's across the street, but across the busy street. So I, I, I never go over there, but I just see it when I'm driving. And then the new one, I think, you know, the Type S, you know, I think it looks great. So what what are, you, what are your thoughts on the pricing? Because there's a lot of controversy. Uh, and side note, Honda Pro was supposed to come on and talk about this as well. But we'll see if, if you know, Honda Pro Jason actually follows through. But what are your thoughts on the pricing between the two? Because that's controversial, I guess. I mean, I, I don't have a problem I, with it. I Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know if the people that are complaining about it are even in the market to, to buy one, honestly. You know, looking at the pricing with it, it's probably worth what they're asking, you know, and I, I don't know, obviously dealers are going to probably start marking things up as time goes on, but it's, 
the way of the world right now. Right. A fifty thousand dollar car, and I mean, you got to think about it too. Like this may be the last gas powered, fun like type of car like this that we get from Honda Acura. Mm -hmm. So, granted, I mean, yeah, fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money, right? Any way you cut it, but is it worth it for what we have, for what the market's like? Probably. It's right where it should be, I guess. Right? I mean, because the Civic is forty seven. I think the type R type I think the type R is like forty seven or forty eight. And then the Integra Type S is what, fifty one, fifty two. So then you only have a couple thousand dollar difference. And I you yeah. know, I I had said on um on Marcus Hilto, I don't know if you saw that post where he you know, listed the pricing and started complaining about it. But I agree. I, I think a lot of the people, as always, that are doing most of the barking had no intention of buying one anyway. And if they did, they thought they'd get it for like thirty grand, which is no new car goes for thirty grand in the in the last six years. It's worth anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I think so. The Civic Type R MSRP. A friend of mine just bought one. I think they're about forty four MSRP with destination and handling. Right. So this is what roughly seven thousand more. You know, you could be right, but whatever. It was about three or four or five thousand dollars more for what many feel on on paper is essentially the same car. But then that's another dangerous game to play. Mm-hmm. And then it's the thought is okay. So if you're gonna buy, if you have that kind of money, just just buy a TLX, right? A TLX Type S versus the Integra Type S. But I've heard, and you have one, and you can confirm or not. And I think Marcus was alluding to it. But how's the back seat in that TLX? Oh, it's. I mean, it's not made for back seat. <laughs> it's, it's it's about it's what small. I've heard. Yeah, it's yeah, I've heard that. And then the Integra might weirdly have a bigger back seat. So you know, my thought oh, is, absolutely. dude, it does. You, you I mean, I'm sat in. Yeah, and. and you know, I just sat in my PMC driving down to LA and back in the backseat for a good majority of it. It's not big. Is it comfortable? Yeah. It has really nice leather, the Milano leather that's in there. It's comfortable, but it's not very big. And yeah, sitting in the Integra Type S or the Integra, whatever, like it's way more roomy. Well, there you have it then. Cause I haven't, I don't think, have I been? Oh yeah, I have been in it. I was in Tyson's the five minutes he had one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I haven't been, <laughs> but I haven't been in the back of an Integra. I've looked at an Integra, and it doesn't matter if it's a Type S or not. Right. But uh, you just basically confirmed it. I go, well, maybe it's. It seems like a smaller car, but maybe it's more roomy. You know, that's the, the thing. And you know, I think they they catered the the target audience is a little different for both. If I'm a well, young business yeah, professional, right? I'm going after the uh, the Integra Type S if I have the money. And an old man like me now, I'd probably get the TLX Type S because I'm an old man. That's what old men do that still want to be yeah. kind of hip and not, you know, get the same BMW or Mercedes or Audi that everybody else has. You know, you remember when I had the Tiger Eye TLX Type S like Tyson, right? Mm-hmm. I got that because at the time my dealer knew it was coming and they offered me to get that car at MSRP. I had an RLX Sport Hybrid uh, last gen right before i love the car everyone hated that car but i loved it right it had 377 horsepower all-wheel drive had a dct had all the bells and whistles that all the current cars have and it was comfortable i love that car but an opportunity at the new gen the tlx type s coming in i was like well, i gotta roll the dice right and i fell in love with that car the only reason that i got rid of it when they announced the pmcs was because they were bringing back the s2000 cr color right I get it. That Long Beach Blue was it. And for me, that's why I rolled the dice. You know, looking at it now, to your point, you're right. I mean, if someone 
at our age is probably going to gravitate more towards a TLX. But you can sit and look at that that Integra, and it just looks fun. Yeah. Like if the A spec, you know, comes up on a lease promotion at some point, maybe that would be a great daily driver for two or three hundred bucks a month, whatever it ends up coming out to. Right. Yeah. I agree. So tell us a little bit about your YouTube page because yeah, it's growing. I mean, your videos are very informative. Blue past everybody blows past me. I think I'm I'm done with YouTube. I'm, no, I'm gonna keep doing them. But you know, tell us a little bit about it, and and where can we get a hold of you? Where can we stalk you? You know, the YouTube page was actually pushed on me from Tyson, and it was during the pandemic, and there wasn't much content that was out there for the RLX. And he said I should start making videos. So awkward as it was, when you're sitting at home during the pandemic, just kind of started throwing stuff together that I thought was unique about that car, and. As it's transitioned, uh, I've purchased many additional cars since that point. And kind of as I go through the cars, I think it's interesting to kind of show some owner perspectives on some of the things mm-hmm. that the cars have. A lot of the stuff that's on YouTube is by bloggers and media and all this stuff where they're doing zero to 60 times. But it's not like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. What's annoying with this car or what's really a benefit to having it? So I kind of just try to throw some little things together like that, and and hopefully they they help people. They do. What's the uh, YouTube handle? It's five hundred three PDX Cars. So I kind of have my Instagram handle is the same. It's uh, Ira Leventhal five hundred three PDX. He's not hard to find. Plus, his information will be in the show notes. Ira, thank you for spending time and making me feel more important than I really am. (laughs) Anytime, Jay. So we'll lead off the car news with General Motors' decision to ditch Apple CarPlay and Android Auto sparks backlash. So at some point, I think earlier this year, at the end of last year, General Motors came out and said, hey, we're no longer going to offer Apple CarPlay. We intend to phase out Apple CarPlay and Android Auto on our future EVs. And this caused everyone to go nuts. And you guys know my saying, no CarPlay, no J. But the key here is on future EVs. And it sounds like what they're trying to do is do what Tesla and some of these other companies where they have their entire own media center. And they do it very well. When I had borrowed uh, the, the Tesla Model 4 from Fountain Hills Motorsports by way of Drew Bunkley, friend and supporter of the show, it's one of the things I've, I noticed. I'm like, this thing doesn't have a CarPlay? This is dumb, but it was fine. I live without it because it had so much other cool tech going on. I forgave it. At the end of the day, I still wanted my core things, but he showed me how to listen to it. He pulled up hard parking and we did a video on YouTube and you showed hard parking on that interface in the Tesla. So it works. So I think a lot of people who don't, who have never driven an EV have never seen how they work. You lose your mind over thinking, okay, General Motors is going to get rid of Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Because the bottom line is, this is a fact. When I go and I travel and I rent vehicles, you guys know I I won't rent a vehicle that doesn't have CarPlay. And it's not because just the familiarity and the extension of my device, but it's it's hands-free. Like we're moving to a hands-free world. And General Motors is not saying anything about stopping hands-free. It's proven, well, it's supposed to be proven that being hands-free is safer. Your eyes pay more attention to the road. We're not looking down on your phone. Uh, We're all guilty of looking down on our phone, even though we're hooked up to CarPlay or Android Auto. But there's so many things 
There's so many features that we get from Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, but these manufacturers are catching up. You know, case in point, last time I rented a BMW, it was a 3 Series X-Drive or whatever it's called, the all-wheel drive one. This was at NS Expo 2021 in Oregon. I don't remember if I had CarPlay or not, but what I do remember is the native navigation on there. You hook your phone up to it, and you can move the map overlay and some, some vehicles, like you, move, you can move the map overlay in front of your speedometer and all your gauges to where you no longer have to slightly look to the right middle to see what's going on. It is right in front of you. So you can see your speed, and you can see the map was literally overlaid like a Tony Stark technology type of deal. And then there was the album cover to whatever podcast you're listening to. And that was outside of CarPlay, so... It's possible. So when I first read this, I was kind of, you know, my analytical mind read future EVs, but I kept digging to see if they're getting rid of, you know, this on all their vehicles. And I have not found that they plan on doing that anytime soon, but I would imagine they will because my reliance on Apple, and I've thought about this before. I'm like, man, Apple and Android have, they have such a grip on people and such a grip on how things work outside of, Elon Musk, the manufacturers are going out of their way to have these agreements to have this software in their vehicle because that's what the people want. And so in a weird way, it's like these cell phone companies have everybody by the neck. They're calling all the shots. So it's, I'm glad to see GM's kind of trying to phase away. I can't imagine what it looked like, but the, again, you know, having driven the BMW, having driven a Tesla, having seen other EVs that don't necessarily have it and they have their own thing, as long as you can fulfill what the people want or they need as an extension of technology, you're going to be fine. So it'll be, interest it'll be interesting to see what happens when General Motors phases CarPlay and Android Auto out of not only their EVs because I haven't driven a General Motor EV, but probably eventually everything because... Let's face it, is Apple going to be around forever? It's been around for long, I mean, since the 80s, but it's not quite the same Apple. But smart devices, everything is smart all of a sudden. And at some point, it's like Tesla was the only player for a long time. And now there's so many other players. It's forced Tesla to step their game up. And now people who used to want a Tesla want a Rivian truck. They want a Lucid. They want something else. My cousin bought a Mustang Mach-E. When they were out here for the waste management tour or the waste management golf tournament, we were walking around. We went on a Tuesday. It was not busy. We walked up to the Ford exhibit, and he goes, what is that? And I go, that's a Mach-E. Oh, man, that's cool. Like two weeks later, he bought one. I think we'll be fine, but I am curious to see not only what they do offer, but what other com car companies offer as well because they're going to follow suit. Another news, a new Houston trucking school is meeting growing demand for truckers. Why is this interesting? It's interesting because, and I will credit Adam Carolla for saying this, he's a little older than I am, but growing up, you're sitting there and you're watching TV during the middle of the day, and instead of watching Judge Judy or something else, there were all these infomercials to get out there, to learn a trade, to become a truck driver. Truck driving kind of felt like one of those things where you can just kind of sit on your ass all day drive long hours and get paid well. 
but you would trade off not being home, not being around the family, not being able to have a have a social life. Maybe getting fat behind the wheel, although they're skinny. Snowman was skinny. Smoking the Bandit. He's a truck driver. Anyway, according to these articles, uh, and this one is from uh, KJ Helms from Joe2PR.com. But if you, I've seen this pop up at least six times in my email from different sources. But the data is the data. And it says, as per estimates, the truck driver shortage will drop from 78,000 drivers in 22. 2022 to 64,000 drivers in 2023, which is a plus of 14,000 drivers, which is good. However, relief is not expected to last long as projections suggest freight transportation will decline when the U.S. economy slows down in early 20, 2024. This could lead to record high shortage of 82,000 truck drivers as both consumer and freight demand will increase again closer to 2024. According to the forecast based on the driver demographic trends, including gender and age, as well as expected freight growth. The American Trucking Association, I didn't know that was a thing, the ATA, the eight, you know, if you have a problem, maybe you should call the A-team. Anyway, uh, the American Trucking Association, driver shortage press release from October 2022. Why is this just now coming out? That was like seven months ago. Anyway, it suggests the driver shortage could surpass 160,000 in 2031. Okay, I have an issue here. 2031 is a long ways away. Anything could happen. In 2019, if they said, hey, next year, the world is going to be crippled behind a virus and hundreds of thousands of people are going to die and people are going to stop traveling and everything's going to be upside down and it's not going to recover for years. We would say that's nuts. And you're projecting something in 2031. Like get out of here. Anyway, it says reports also state that the trucking industry would need to hire nearly 1.2 million drivers in 10 years. Again, those projections, anything can happen. If you guys recall on a recent car news, we're talking about delivery drones, things that fly in the air and drop packages the world's changing. That's all I'm trying to say. We may not need all these truck drivers. We'll have delivery aircraft that drop big things. You no longer have to rely on a truck to take it from point A to point. You know, I mean, it, it could change. That's all I'm saying. According to this, also, the U.S. economy heavily depends on the trucking industry, obviously. Practically every product consumed by Americans is transported on trucks. As a result, the trucking industry has moved 72.2% of all cargo in the United States in 2021, amounting to 10.93 billion tons. I mean, you know, it makes me wonder. Obviously, it's a truck. But are we talking even the UPS trucks, the FedEx trucks, like the big trucks you see on the interstate? Are we talking the big orange trucks that just move any sort of freight when the railroads can't? Like, I wonder if FedEx and UPS is actually a part of this because they move so much shit. Amazon, they move so much shit. I just wonder. I wonder if those are actually included or if it's something else. And finally, this is great for all of us. LA streets. So the in California, they've started, they finally started to crack down on these takeovers. And I'm going to cite Kuya Abe, which is a guy I follow from the Kuyas. And he likes he he is one of those people he's diehard against it like most of us, but he's always posting every time something stupid happens with these dumb takeovers that none of us like. That secret society that 
some of us, some of you are probably part of. You probably get out there and spin your little Dodge calibers in a donut until you hit a light post. But he posted this. This is a story from May 2nd. A total of 13 vehicles were impounded. 21 people were arrested on misdemeanor charges and 34 citations were arrested, The LA, according to the LAPD. And this was L.A. Street Takeover Crackdown. A few days after that, he also posted, 80 vehicles seized in massive Oakland sideshow Friday night. The state of California passes bill to permanently seize cars caught in sideshows. Says losing your car for a lifetime doesn't seem like a good idea. Doesn't seem like a good deal for doing donuts in the middle of an intersection. Right. A suburb of Los Angeles will combat sideshows or street takeovers with some of the most stringent laws in the United States. Pico Riviera City Council on Tuesday initially passed a local ordinance allowing police to permanently confiscate vehicles used in illegal shows or street racing. Spectators within 500 feet of the, of the sideshows can be fined up to 2000 for watching the event. 500 feet is about two city blocks or even preparing for one. So watching the event or preparing for one. The new ordinance may become permanent in 30 days. The Pico Rivera ordinance is especially tough because it empowers police to effectively confiscate a car forever if it's part of a sideshow. What's more, the owner doesn't need to be the driver. Police can confiscate a car if the driver is a family member of the owner or lives at the same address. Pico Rivera's ordinance has already attracted attention from other nearby municipalities, so, you know, cut the crap, people. Well, I, I, I mean, you guys know I hate streetcar takeovers. I don't understand them. I'm, I'm, I'm always watching a video of someone doing a donut flying out of the car and getting ran over by the car or some innocent person because they're still innocent watching the sideshow and gets hit. In fact, I saw one where a Corvette C6 looked like a Z06 maybe was doing donuts, lost control and mowed over like four people. One of the guys went through the windshield and smashed the windshield in the back of the Corvette. And you see the camera people run over there as the car starts to pull off and one guy kind of like circles and looks and he pulls his cell phone out of the back of the car because he lost it when he damn near got killed. Like, I don't understand that. But with all that being said, I think that this ordinance is, it has issues. And I'll tell you on my experience, we used to go to the illegal street races in Dallas off of Royal lane in 35. And you'd go at like two in the morning when the police are doing the shift change. And it's like, it's like Fast and Furious, sort of, but it's not where they – remember the first Fast and Furious where they race around multiple blocks and they end up in the same spot? It's not like that. It's 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 a drag race. It's a drag race from point A to point B. Usually it's it's like 100 yards or less, which 100 yards is actually pretty big. doesn't seem like it. So it's not even it's, – it's not an eighth of a mile. It's not a quarter mile. They run, and there's people out there and spectators, and people aren't on the road – like you see in the movies, people are kind of off to the side. And if you were go, if you went down there, there was there was a like a Whataburger down there too. So if you exit at the wrong time and the police are pulling people over, I was in the car once, and they're like, they were checking everybody's ID because they had just busted one, and we were going to Whataburger because that's the safe space. Even though we're there to watch the race, we'd always go to Whataburger and have food, and that way you couldn't, you know, we couldn't fuck with us. But the cops were running everybody's ID and saying, we got your name of your car. We know who you are. If we see you down here again, you're getting a ticket. We're taking your car. And so I could just be some random kid, like seriously, or some random person in a nice car that looks like one of the cars that people are 
doing these events with. And I could get psyched. I could get my car taken permanently, or I could be fined up to $2,000 if I'm within two city blocks of that incident. I don't agree with that. Like you see these bus, we had these bus back then where the police department, they would all kind of collaborate with each other and all the people doing street racing and all the spectators. And this was like fast and furious in a warehouse district away from anything. And the cops would swarm in from all the angles. They would block all the streets and they impounded, you know, two, 300 cars wrote a thousand tickets, you know, and you're kind of screwed, but whoever is there is obviously there for the event. But if you're doing this like in the normal city where there's three gas stations, a Taco Bell, a Jack in a box, a Whataburger, and whatever else, the next light down, you're leaving it up to the police to decide. And let's face it. I mean, I love police for the most part. There's some asshole cops out there. This because they're people and there's asshole people out there. Cops are just people, right? Trying to uphold the law. So a cop can be an asshole. So then you're allowing this police officer or officers who are fed up with the situation to use their own judgment. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's bullshit. So I, 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 I like what they're doing, but I don't think they're doing it necessarily right. And hopefully they get that shit figured out. And that is the car news. I want to thank Ira for coming through. He is 503PDXCars on YouTube. He's got a good following. Gets a lot of views. Again, I say this, but I'm, I mean, seriously, it's it's good. It's very informative videos. It's not even overly produced. It's actually quite simple, but he still gets it done. He just does it. I urge you guys to go ahead and subscribe to him on YouTube. I do. Um, I thought about stealing his content for the pilot because I'm never going to probably get a pilot. But I really should get up to right Honda like soon and check it out. Plus, I have some new hard parking shirts. And speaking of, go to hardparkingpod.com, pick up the new shirts. There's the kind of a simple logo design. The Patreons, you guys should be getting it any day now if you haven't got it already. Thank you so for your support. And so with that being said, I want to thank Ray Honda and Ray Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, and Cell Shop Wireless Services, Patreon business supporter, Korea Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction, out of Company, Michigan, Big House, Small Home Design, out of Ashford, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan. Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona, and Shaping Success with West Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. Catch us every Wednesday on One Drink Wednesday, Instagram Live, virtual drinks. It's a lot of fun. Patreon business supporters, please, please make sure you check the message that I sent you guys within the past few weeks. There are some changes coming to your tier. For everyone else, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash podcast or follow the link in the description. Sometimes it posts, sometimes it doesn't. Subscribe to me on YouTube. I need more subscribers. I know I don't post very much, but I still need more subscribers. Join the Heartbreaking Violations Facebook group. If you want to email the show, heartbreakingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfenning. That's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. Because this show can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow the scene together, and I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! Now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.